Hello and welcome. My name is Jackie Lindahl and this is the Fit Like a Girl podcast. I am a mom, wife, an avid coffee drinker and weightlifter, as well as a personal trainer. And I own my own company called Fit Like a Girl Personal Training. In this podcast, I will help you reach your weight loss and fitness goals with no BS advice, cutting through all the myths and the crap that is out there so that you feel empowered and confident in reaching your goals. Along with fitness and health, I will also talk about many other subjects like mom stuff, life stuff, business, money, and so much more. So grab a coffee or put on your headphones and go for a walk and let's chat. Hello and welcome back to the Fit Like a Girl podcast. My name is Jackie Lindell. I am your host. Thank you so much for listening. For today's podcast, I wanted to go over some questions, a Q&A podcast. They are my favorite podcasts because I just enjoy answering people's questions and also knowing exactly what people want to know. So I can, you know, tailor the podcast exactly to who and I guess what people want to know about. Um, so yeah, I love Q&A episodes. I know that like statistics wise, they are not my most popular episodes on my analytics, but I enjoy them and I get positive feedback from the Q&A episodes. So if you enjoy them, please definitely feel free to let me know. So in today's episode, I got a handful of really good questions that I've been asked recently that I thought, hell, I'll just answer these right on the podcast and definitely just make my life a little bit easier. <laughs> so I got a handful of really good questions that I really, um, think will be very, very valuable for everybody to hear. So let's get into them for today. Question number one is what are your thoughts on intermittent fasting? So this is a very, uh, what's the word for it? Just a very complicated topic in that, um, I truly do believe that in the fitness industry, there's so much black and white. There's so much black and white in the fitness industry. And I truly do believe that it's not all black and white. It's, there's a lot of gray. And what I mean by black and white, people will say, you know, this is either bad or it's good. There's no in between. This was good. And now it's crap. And it's either, or it's either going to kill you or hundred percent going to cure your life and, you know, make you lose fat and make you fit for life and get rid of all your ailments. It's one or the other. And I truly do believe there's so much more nuance to things and that it's not, everything is all black and white. So I have talked about intermittent fasting a little bit, but I haven't really talked about intermittent fasting a whole lot. So my thoughts on intermittent fasting are it can be helpful for some people. And those some people are a very, very small subset of the population. Now, it is a tool. That is what I'm going to say about intermittent fasting. Intermittent fasting is a tool. It's a tool that can help people control the amount that they eat in a day to help them achieve their goals. Generally, that goal being weight loss. And it's not a magical tool. It's not going to cure your life. It's not going to do anything different than, say, calorie tracking or doing another form of calorie control. It's just a tool. And it can be helpful for some people, especially those people who, for example, have problems where they eat at night because they're bored. Like after supper, they find themselves constantly running to the fridge to eat because they're bored. So giving themselves a bit of almost like a time limit on what when they can eat during the day can help. 
That being said, what I don't like about intermittent fasting is that it's way too complicated. And that it's way too complicated for basically just saying you're skipping breakfast. That's all it is. Uh, intermittent fasting is essentially skipping breakfast and stopping eating at some point before you go to bed. That's all it is. It's not the magical cure-all gonna do anything else in life. You're just setting yourself a time limit for when you're going to eat. And most often it's just skipping breakfast. So you're shortening the window that you're going to eat for the day, or you're just really removing a meal from your day, which lowers your calories, which is going to make you lose weight. So it's not magical. That's my thoughts on it. Um, I do know some people who intermittent fasting works really well for them. They were never breakfast eaters to begin with. And they found that it was the tool that they needed to help them achieve their goals. Amazing. Uh, the problem I have with intermittent fasting, I guess, is when people are a little bit too rigid with it and they lose out on life because of it. For example, like they won't go to brunch with their friends because it's not in their fasting window. Um, that kind of thing. So just like anything else, it can be taken a little bit too far. I guess if you're allowing yourself some flexibility with it, it can be helpful. But again, don't kid yourself in thinking that it's any different than anything else. It's just a way to control your calories. It's a tool that for some people it works. I have a client who intermittent fast, she's been doing it for years and it works for her. Great. Why would I change that? It's clearly been working for her for a very long time and there's nothing wrong with that. So yeah, it's not my number one go-to because a lot of people, when they're thinking about intermittent fasting, they've been you know, they're coming at it from a point of maybe this is the new thing that's going to help me. And that's generally where I would say, you know, slow your roll and let's maybe approach with some different tools first, such as, you know, calorie tracking or, you know, upping your protein, increasing your fiber intake, all that kind of stuff. So it's not magical is what I'm going to say. <laughs> Question number two, should I eat back calories burned on my Apple watch? Should I eat back calories burned on my Apple watch? This is a really popular question. And I've had it asked, you know, should I eat calories burned back on my Apple watch? Should I eat calories burned back on my fitness pal or my Garmin watch or whatever it might be? Essentially, it's some kind of piece of technology that you're using and it's adding calories to your day. And the question is always, should I eat them back? And generally speaking, if your goal is weight loss, the answer is no. Don't eat back your calories burned with your Apple watch or my fitness pal or whatever it might be if your goal is weight loss. And that's just because these technologies, although very helpful and useful for a lot of people, they grossly overestimate your amount of calories burned in a day. So your Apple watch, your Garmin, your phone, whatever it might be, it is way overestimating how many calories you're actually burning in a day. And therefore, if you're eating back those calories burned that it's adding to your day, you're likely going to be putting yourself out of your calorie deficit that you need for weight loss and therefore going to stall your weight loss goals. So no, I don't recommend eating your calories burned, um, back eating back your calories burned, <laughs> uh, just for that reason, if your goal is weight loss, because it could be adding too many calories onto your day, just ignore it and just stick within your calorie deficit. So I hope that helps. It's a pretty quick answer. Question number three, if I'm trying to lose weight and I'm tracking my weight on the scale, 
can I just do weekly weigh-ins? So again, another very nuanced question, but I'll bring up some thoughts and what I would say to a client if a client asked me this question. And that is, you can weigh in once weekly, yes, but you're missing a big part of the picture and data collection by only weighing in once weekly. So there are advantages to weighing in more often when your goal is weight loss. Not that the scale is the ultimate tool because we all know it's not. It's a tool that can use be used to track your progress, but it's not the tool. But if you're only weighing in once a week, you could be missing out on a lot of data throughout the week. So we all know that our weight fluctuates throughout the week. Monday, you might be 150 pounds. Tuesday, you might be 148. Wednesday, you might be 150 again. Thursday, you might be 152. Friday, you're back to 150. Saturday, you're down to 150, you know, 147. Like your weight fluctuates throughout the week and it's 100% normal. And even if you're eating the same foods all day, you know, all week or whatever, you're making sure that you're hitting your calories. It's normal to see those up and down fluctuations, first of all. Second of all, if you're only weighing in once weekly, you could be missing out on important data points throughout the week and you're not getting the full picture. So often what can happen is, yeah, say you weigh in on Monday at 150. And then like I talked about, your weight fluctuates to, you know, 152, then it goes down to 148 and then it goes to 150 again. It's up and down, up and down, up and down. But by the time next Monday rolls around, if you're only weighing in on Monday, say your weight is back up to 150 or it stayed at 150 in your mind, nothing happened that week. When in reality, you may have lost two pounds that week. You just didn't notice because you just happened to weigh in on a day that your weight fluctuated a little bit. So I usually recommend if I have a client that is tracking on the scale and they, you know, track on the scale to help them with their weight loss goals, I would usually recommend that they weigh in at least four times a week, if not daily. Because then we're just gathering more data points and we can see the trends. So the whole point of weighing in is that over time you get to see the trend and where the trend is going. As a reminder, we aren't comparing our day-to-day fluctuations. So we're not comparing Monday, you know, the 17th to Tuesday, the 18th to Wednesday, the 19th. We're comparing Monday, the 17th of this month to Monday, the 17th of last month. And we're comparing it to also a month from now. So I'm comparing month to month, not day to day. And the more data points that I have, the more that I can see it. And actually with my clients, I track their weight in an app and the app that I use puts it on a, puts their weigh-ins on a graph. So we can see on the graph what their weigh-ins look like week over week, month over month. And what it helps do is it really helps show the trend. Um, if you want to track your weight on a graph, I would recommend it just because then it's easier to see the trends than just looking at the numbers every day. Um, a great free app that you can use is called weight gurus. Uh, you can download it at the Apple store or wherever you get your apps and you can track your weight every single day and it puts it on a graph. And it's really nice because then you can see the trend over time and you can see, yes, there may be daily up and down fluctuations, 
but you can see over the course of a month, three months, six months, where your weight is trending. And that's what matters at the end of the day. Where is your weight today in comparison to a month from, you know, a month ago, three months ago, six months ago? That's what matters, not where's my weight today in comparison to my weight Tuesday of this week. So, yes, you can weigh in once weekly, but in my opinion, you're missing out on a big chunk of data. And I would definitely recommend to weigh in more often. Or if you have a really bad, um, one reason that some people might not want to weigh in daily is because they have a really negative relationship with the scale. And in that case, you don't have to weigh in if you don't want to. If the scale makes you feel anxious, makes it ruins your day, makes you terrified when you go to step on it, if it goes up, it ruins your day. I would recommend maybe take a break from the scale for a little while. And that's okay too. You don't have to use the scale if you don't want to. So just so that you know that if you're only wanting to weigh in once weekly because the scale makes you so unbelievably anxious, maybe think about just removing the scale temporarily temporarily for a little while or permanently. And you can concentrate on other metrics of, um, you can concentrate on other metrics of progress, such as, you know, your strength in the gym, your consistency, your progress photos, your measurements, how your clothes are fitting, your energy, your sleep, your mood, all of those things matter just as much, in my opinion, more than what the scale says. So there you go. I hope that answers your question and you can find what will work best for you in your journey as far as weigh-ins go. Question number four. Uh, this is a question that I actually get pretty often. Um, just one of those questions that comes up once in a while. And I thought, you know what, I would answer it on the podcast because I guarantee it that somebody else is going to want to know. And that is what are the best foods for weight loss? So this is a Again, a bit of a nuanced question in that it's not just, I, I'm, there is no best foods for weight loss. There isn't. And as much as you will hear on the internet, on the TikTok and on the Instagram and everything like that, these are the best foods for weight loss. You need to avoid these foods and eat these foods. There are no best foods for weight loss. There are definitely foods that should be included in your diet, but that would be regardless of your weight loss, weight gain, or weight maintenance goals. So there are no best foods for weight loss. We know that weight loss is caused by a calorie deficit, meaning that you need to be intaking fewer calories than your body burns throughout the day. And that can be achieved with nutrition. Yes, it is primarily nutrition that controls your calorie deficit, but you can technically lose weight as long as you're in a calorie deficit, regardless of the foods you eat. Now, I don't recommend doing that because obviously we also know that nutrition, proper nutrition is the key to our health. So as far as best foods for weight loss, there are no best foods. You need to simply eat in a calorie deficit and eat fewer calories than what you're burning. But you should be including in your diet, regardless of your goals, nutrient dense vegetables, fruits, making sure that you're hitting fiber every single day, you're getting fiber in, making sure that you're hitting a good amount of protein in a day, at least 0.8 grams per pound of lean body weight or per pound of your goal weight, making sure that you're getting in a good amount of healthy fats in a day, 
to help with your heart health and as well as immune function and fats serve so many purposes in the body, um, as well as getting in a good amount of carbohydrates. We should not be scared of carbohydrates. They are our body's preferred energy source. So there are no best foods for weight loss. There are foods though, that will help you stay full in a calorie deficit. So if you're aiming to be in a calorie deficit, yes, there are foods that can help you stay full. And that would be protein intake. We all know that protein not only helps repair and restore our muscles after workouts and helps them grow, but it also helps keep us full in between meals. So the more protein that you eat, the more full that you're going to feel in a calorie deficit. The next thing that I would make sure that I'm including to stay full in a calorie deficit is low calorie nutrient dense foods like vegetables and fruits. You can never go wrong with adding in more vegetable vegetables and fruits in your day. That will definitely help you stay full in a calorie deficit, especially foods like that. You can add a really large volume, like broccoli. You can eat quite a big volume. It'll really help fill you up because of the amount of uh, fiber in it. Cauliflower, same thing. Um, watermelon, berries, all are very low calorie, but very full of fiber and they're filling and you can eat a lot of those foods for very little calories. I think uh, Jordan Syed always talks about that a pound of watermelon is like a hundred calories or something ridiculous like that. Um, so that, those are great to have in a calorie deficit, any kind of berry, any kind of fruit, apples, oranges, pears, um, bananas, whatever you can find at your local grocery store. Also keeping in mind that frozen and canned vegetables and fruits are also good for you. You don't have to just go for fresh. Um, other foods that can help you stay full in a calorie deficit would be like popcorn. Just watching what you put on it. If you're adding a bunch of butter and salt, obviously it's not going to be very calorie controlled, but popcorn is excellent and it's a great munchie to eat on a calorie deficit. Um, other foods like beans, lentils, chickpeas can all be very filling to help you stay full in a calorie deficit, but also adding in important fiber and they're a good source of protein as well. So those are all great foods that you can keep in mind to keep in. Um, other foods that I would recommend would be like Greek yogurt, excellent source of, um, protein as well as cottage cheese. Another great source of protein that is not, you know, meat related eggs, any kind of animal meat protein you can include as well as tofu and, um, seitan and stuff like that are all really great sources of protein to help you stay full. So best foods for weight loss. Technically there are none, but there are definitely foods that you need to include in your diet, regardless of what your goals are. And if you wanting to be in a calorie deficit, focusing on definitely low calorie, high fiber, high nutrient dense foods and protein. Okay. Last question. Just got a little handful of questions. So the last question for today is what is the difference between weight loss and fat loss? And this is a very good question. And I actually have not been asked this question in a while. So I'm really glad this, that I saw this question. So the difference between weight loss and fat loss, you can have fat loss and weight loss, and you can have weight loss without fat loss. So, and then you can have both fat loss and weight loss at the same time. Are you confused yet? <laughs> so weight loss is just referring to your weight, your number on the scale is going down. So uh, that is all that it means. So you can lose weight by chopping off an arm. You can lose weight by chopping off a leg. You can lose weight by losing body fat and you can lose weight by losing muscle mass. Obviously 
chopping off body parts and losing weight via muscle mass loss is not the ideal way to go. We ideally want to lose fat. Now you can have body fat loss while maintaining your muscle mass and not lose a whole lot of weight. So you'll hear people say something like, I started weight training. I started gaining muscle. I'm smaller than I used to be. I, my clothes fit different. My measurements are going down, but my weight has stayed the same. And what that basically means is that person is, is changing their body composition by adding more muscle mass and in turn losing fat kind of at the exact same time. So your body fat is going down, but your muscle mass is coming up and you're kind of just staying around the same weight. Um, and that is actually quite common and a hundred percent, not a problem. So yes, you can, for example, I went through this actually. So when I very first started lifting weights, I lost a little bit of weight. This was like years ago. Um, my first six months of getting into fitness and nutrition and all that, I lost a little bit of weight, about 10 pounds. But over the course of the next couple of years, I put that 10 pounds back on, but my body looked completely different. So I changed how I looked, yes, but if you look at the scale, it just looks like I lost 10 pounds and then put it back on. If all you looked at was the scale, that's all that it would say is that I lost 10 pounds and I put 10 pounds back on. But if you looked at my body, my strength, my progress and everything like that, I changed everything completely. So my body composition changed because I lost fat. But according to the scale, my weight didn't change. And this throws people for a fucking loop. I will get clients who will say, the scale's not moving. I'm not losing any weight, but my clothes are getting looser and looser by the day. And my measurements are changing. That's indicating that you're losing body fat. Yes, the scale's not changing, but that's where that's okay because you're obviously making progress in so many other areas. And this is where Uh, Going back to my earlier point with the question with the weigh-ins, the scale doesn't tell the whole picture. And that's why it's so important to take measurements, to do progress photos, to watch how your clothes are fitting and all these other measures of progress, because it's true. You can be losing body fat, gaining muscle, gaining strength and all these things, and your weight isn't moving hardly at all. And that's completely normal and that's okay. So The goal often that people want in their mind is weight loss. They'll think, I want to lose weight, but really what they truly want is actually fat loss and changing body composition. I'll often ask people like, what if the scale didn't change, but you lost fat, gained muscle, got more fit, got healthier and everything, but your weight stayed the same. And they'll often be like, well, then I wouldn't care if my weight stayed the same. Well, then there you go. It's not weight loss that you can, that you care about so much. It's actually fat loss and changing body composition. So that would be, in my opinion, more so the goal when somebody wants to quote, lose weight, it's that they actually just want to lose body fat and change their body composition to look stronger, healthier and all that stuff. So again, you can lose fat and not lose weight. You can lose weight, but not lose fat. And you can do both at the same time. (laughs) And when somebody, for example, would lose weight, but not lose fat, oftentimes that would be, um, 
you would kind of see, I guess that would be considered like the skinny fat look where somebody's lost weight, but they haven't really lost fat and they haven't gained any muscle mass. So they're this kind of, that's what people call the skinny fat look. Um, and that happens when people will go into, I see it quite commonly with people who cut calories quite severely, and then they do cardio all the time. They don't do any weight training. They just do cardio, 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 and low calorie, low protein diet, and they're not maintaining muscle mass. So their body is losing muscle mass. Maybe a tiny bit of fat is lost, but mostly their body fat stays on and they're losing weight on the scale, but it's because they're actually losing muscle mass. And this is often also what happens with the elderly. You'll see older people losing weight as they get older. And it's because they're losing muscle mass. It's not because they're, you know, losing body fat. I mean, sometimes they are, yes, because they generally eat less calories, but oftentimes it's also because they're losing muscle mass as they get older. So Again, another reason to strength train and why strength training is so important. And also, regardless of your goals, whether they're weight loss or not, definitely also why important it is so important to strength train. But especially if your goal is weight loss or fat loss, that's why it's important to strength train because you're going to be building muscle mass, which is going to change your body composition as well as aid in fat loss. So I hope that explains the difference between weight loss and fat loss. They are different. Um, we often think of them as the same. However, though, they are different in that weight loss is really just having to do with your scale weight and losing weight there, whereas fat loss is actually changing your body composition itself by losing body fat. And that can be done without losing much or any weight on the scale. So I think I'm going to keep today's short and sweet. Um, yeah, just a few really great questions that I saw that I thought would definitely benefit everybody. I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening. If you haven't yet, please go and follow me on social media. The best place to find me is Instagram. I'll post the link for that in the show notes and you can go and find me there from there. You can also find my TikTok and everywhere else that I am. Um, if you have questions about my online training programs, as well as uh, just questions about my services in general, you can head to my website, www.fitlikeagirlalloneword.ca. I am currently taking on and accepting new online training clients. So you can head over to my website, check out testimonials from current clients, past clients, check out my services. And if you have questions and you're not hundred percent sure if it's right for you, feel free to message me through my contact form. Or if it's something that you're like, Hey, this is perfect. And exactly what I need. I need an accountability partner. I want to get strong. I want to feel healthy. I want to have a better relationship with food. I want to be able to, you know, hit a pulse up and get some push-ups and all that fun stuff, definitely go ahead and fill out my inquiry form and I will get in touch with you and we can get started. As And lastly, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and I really appreciate anybody who comes by the podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, I would love and appreciate a five-star written review on the podcast. It just helps increase visibility so other people can see the podcast and I can help more people just like you. Otherwise, just thank you so much for listening. 